Hey, this is Mike Smeltz from The Athletic. What you're about to hear is one of the new innovations that we are doing here at The Athletic uh, as part of our expanded breaking news coverage, which you can find on the app and on the desktop under our front page section, is we're doing these sort of quick reaction mini pods with big news stories. So what you have, so what you have coming up is Eric Name from The Athletic and Seth Partnow from The Athletic talking about Giannis winning his second MVP award, diving into why he won, where he even has room to improve, and where the Bucks have room to improve to hopefully, for Bucks fans, compete and win for a championship. If you are not a subscriber to The Athletic, though, and you want to hear more content like this, go to theathletic.com slash daily ding, and you'll be able to get behind that paywall for just a dollar a month. Very exciting. Coming up, quick reaction breaking news pod to Giannis Antetokounmpo winning his second consecutive MVP award. Breaking news from The Athletic. Giannis Antetokounmpo has won the NBA's Most Valuable Player Award for now the second year in a row. And joining us here on The Athletic to discuss is Eric Name, who covers the Bucks for The Athletic, and Seth Partnow an NBA analyst for The Athletic and was previously the director of basketball research for the Milwaukee Bucks. First, Eric, this felt like an inevitability. Giannis winning his second MVP. What special quality did Giannis bring this past season that elevated him over his main competitors in James Harden and LeBron James? I think the simplest way to put it is he was just the most dominant force in the entire league. And dominant is the word that you need to use because... You know, this is a guy that played 30 minutes a night. I think his 30.4 minutes per game was about 71st in the league. And he finished fifth in points per game and second in rebounds per game. And he made 55% of his shots. Like It's tough to kind of fathom how you can put up those type of numbers on that type of efficiency in just 30 minutes. Like if you look at all those other players, they're going to be playing closer to 35. And for him to be able to do all of that so quickly kind of just shows how dominant he is. And then, oh, by the way, this is the same guy that took home the 2019-2020 NBA Defense Player of the Year award. So you're looking at someone who is insanely dominant on the offensive end and then defensively also happens to be one of the very best players in the league. The, the, the two-way value that he has and the way that he dominates games is is just really hard to fathom and really hard to find anyone else in the league that's doing it in the same way. Seth, I don't want to just pigeonhole you as a numbers guy, but when you look at Giannis's numbers, what stands out to you about his season? Um, I think Eric covered a lot of kind of the, the top line numbers. Uh, the way I would look at it in terms of, of impact on both ends of the floor is uh, this year's Bucks, at least in the regular season, were among the most dominant in terms of scoring in the paint on one end and preventing the opponent from scoring in the paint on the other end. Giannis, of course, had a huge role in that as, with the possible exception of Zion Williamson in his brief time, the most impactful player in the league in terms of generating high-value looks at the rim for himself on one end. And then uh, as a help defender on the other end, uh, along with uh, the tragically underrated Brooke Lopez, as Eric and I have both talked about at length, but contributed to the Bucks having one of the most, perhaps the most dominant interior defense of the modern era. 
Giannis was was used as kind of a free safety role, but when he was around to protect shots at the rim, he held opponents to the lowest field goal percentage at the rim, uh, I believe in the tracking data era, although some of the earlier years data is a little bit wonky, uh, but still easily led the league in that category as well. Typically, an MVP award is the peak of a player's powers. They win it when they are at their best. They are the best player of the league. But with Giannis, there is still some... But with Giannis, there is still some growth to be had. I'll ask you both this, but I'll start with Eric. You know, so Giannis is both MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Where can he improve? I mean, the crazy thing is, I I could go down a long list of ways that he could still improve, and that isn't to say that he didn't improve this year. Obviously, year over year, he improved, and that I think that's maybe the defining characteristic of his entire career is that year over year he manages to get better even if he puts up insane numbers one year he gets better the next year and I think what you're really looking at is kind of the counter for him when teams put up the wall because that is what every team is going to do they're going to bring all the help defenders they're going to bring all uh they're going to build that wall is as stout as possible and try to make it really difficult on him so what he needs is a counter obviously Mike Budenholzer has tried to make make that counter kick out to shooters and let them shoot. But there does also need to be something else in Giannis's game. This year they had him work on the three-point shot, but I do think maybe a more, you know, kind of natural counter is a mid-range shot or a post game or just moving him off the ball and put him in pick and rolls. Like, I think there's a lot of other things that he can get better at to counter what defenses do to him because every defense is going to do do exactly what the Heat did to him in the playoffs this year and what the Raptors did to him in the playoffs last postseason. Uh, I'll echo Eric's last point. I think it is just becoming a more threatening off-ball player, whether that's as a cutter, whether that's as a screener in a pick-and-roll or dribble handoff game, whether it's at, as a uh, spot-up shooter with, with other people uh, uh, using the ball. Uh, I think the difference between uh, uh, players who will have hugely dominant individual seasons and sometimes may maybe fall a little short in the postseason is when they all of their value is contained with what they do with the ball and they don't have any sort of latent threat that helps draw attention away from their teammates so their teammates can also be threats with the ball. I think that especially the way that the Bucks have used Giannis, he, he's all on ball. Uh, and just whether, again, whether it's the shooting, whether it's cutting, whether it's, it's, it's screening, something so that other players can, can use sort of his gravity, the attention he draws when he doesn't have the ball uh, as a, uh, something to create more space for themselves, for, for other less talented players to have some success as well. It was expected for Giannis to win this award, but it was also expected that he would still be playing basketball, but he's not after the Bucks lost pretty handily to the Miami Heat in the second round. I'll ask you both this, and I'll start with Eric. What moves do the Bucks need to make to get into the finals and compete for a championship if they do need to make any moves? I mean, I think there's kind of two things. I think the first thing is in three consecutive postseasons now, Eric Bledsoe has not lived up to kind of what he's done in the regular season. Uh, so finding a little bit more production out of the point guard play, I think would be really useful for this Bucks team. Uh, so I think that's one spot if you're th- talking about the roster and, you know, how they get better, there's that. But so much of this, as it has been pretty much Giannis's entire career, is internal improvement. And I think one of the ways that this Bucks team can improve is, you know, having Mike Budenholzer kind of focus on 
trying some things out in the regular season, getting some different counters, getting different things that they, that they want to do. You know, offensively, Seth and I have, have both talked about taking Giannis off the ball, letting him be a screener, letting him be a cutter, doing some more of that. And then defensively, the Bucks had the league's best defense this year. Uh, they had the league's best defense last year, but they dominate in a very specific way. They're going to run a drop coverage. They're going to allow some three-pointers. They're going to make sure you don't score at the rim. And in turn, it has kind of hurt them in other places uh, and made them more susceptible to strong offensive teams in the postseason. And I think that's kind of the other thing is how do they actually come prepared in the postseason with adjustments, with some ability to go out and do something different than their very specific kind of defensive strategy. Like you have to have some counters. You have to be able to do something different. And I think that's going to be a big part of, you know, trying to figure out how this team progresses and improves going forward. Um, I think that there is definitely a difference between playoff and regular season play, as Eric is hinting at. It's almost consolidation of talent rather than have, being able to go 11 deep in guys who can compete and do well for you in regular season games. Turning maybe guys 9, 10, and 11 into better guys 4, 5, and 6 uh, so that at the end of close playoff games, you have a clear uh, hierarchy of guys on the floor and, and guys who are at the very least not giving up huge amounts to their opposite number. At least in the playoffs, the drop-off after guys 1 and 2 with Giannis and Chris Middleton has, has been kind of stark. Reversing that a little bit uh, is the th- kind of thing that's going to make a difference against kind of second round and later playoff opposition. I thank you both for being here. The Bucks certainly will be very interesting next season, considering the amount of pressure the team will probably feel with, with Giannis's contract extension decision looming. For much more on the Milwaukee Bucks and the rest of the NBA, you can read both Eric and Seth right here on The Athletic.